The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Folks, before we get to the news of the day, I do want to take a minute to share some awesome news. So yesterday, on the 100th anniversary of the day Walt Disney founded Disney, we announced the launch of our new company, BentKey. It's a new company from The Daily Wire. We are dedicated to creating the next generation of timeless stories that transport kids into a world of adventure, imagination, and joy. BentKey, it's an entirely new app with original and licensed series. There are 150 episodes available for your kids right now, with new episodes released every Saturday morning. That's not all. Disney has announced that they have a new Snow White. It's a woke Snow White where the dwarves aren't actually dwarves. And Snow White is actually not a damsel in distress at all. She's an empowered single woman. Well, we're not going to do that. In fact, we announced Bent Key's first live action feature, Snow White and the Evil Queen, starring our very own Brett Cooper. Bent Key is the number one kids app in the Apple store and climbing the charts in entertainment. So download the Bent Key app today. The material is awesome. My kids already love the shows. They're beautifully produced. They're fun to watch with their kids. And you know they're safe. We're vouching for them. You know, you've, been, you've been begging us for months, for like a year now. You've been saying, where are the alternatives? What do I do if I don't want my kids watching a bunch of trans nonsense in a Netflix kids show? What do I do if I don't want my kids indoctrinated with left-wing values on social justice from Disney? Well, here is the answer. It's ready. It's available right now. If you're a Daily Wire Plus member, download that app, log in with your Daily Wire Plus credentials, and start streaming right now. BentKey is also available as a standalone purchase for only 99 bucks a year to access. Go to bentkey.com or download our app just about anywhere. Here is what you can see on BentKey. Hi, you made it. Oh, hello. Want to play? I've seen enough. These two are ready. Ready or not, here we go. Please keep your arms and legs inside the cart at all times. <laughs> Hurry up, the party is starting soon. Yeah! adventures together. Wow! It's time to head off for adventure! Look around you! All we need is a bit of music! Drum solo! <laughs> Imagine this. All I see is adventure. Here's a little bit of our Snow White trailer. Once upon a time In time a prince would come Once upon a time But now that time is gone Now, on to the news of the day. In 1990, after Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, President George H.W. Bush was considering the American response. He was torn. On the one hand, he saw the necessity of pushing Saddam out of the oil-rich state, maintaining the impression of American strength in the region. On the other hand, he did want to avoid conflict. Well, three weeks after the invasion, Bush had still not made a decision. That's when he famously accepted a phone call from British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Remember, George, she said, this is no time to go wobbly. 
Well, it shouldn't go wobbly. The United States expelled Saddam from Kuwait. That was the last outright military victory in American history. Well, today, the United States faces down threats on all sides. The wages of appeasement of America's most vicious enemies. From cutting awful deals with Iran to appeasing Russian aggression in Crimea. From bowing before Chinese expansionism to abandoning Afghanistan to the Taliban to sending overt aid to Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, America's foreign policy, particularly under Barack Obama and Joe Biden, has bred aggressiveness among our enemies. That aggressiveness culminated last week in the worst single terror attack on the West since 9-11 in the form of a murderous rampage through southern Israel that left 1,300 people dead and 200 kidnapped. America's enemies are betting on us going wobbly. They're betting on a morally blind media to press Israel to stop her offensive into the Gaza Strip in order to depose the evil terrorist group Hamas. They're betting on an activated left to intervene, to press Joe Biden to pressure Israel to stop. And if that bet pays off, the West will be far less safe. Here's why. Let's assume for a second that Israel leaves Hamas in place in the Gaza Strip, which would be the end result of a ceasefire at this point. Hamas would quickly consolidate its support, not only in Gaza, but among Palestinian Arabs in the West Bank, creating another massive terror threat for Israel from its east. That terror threat is already materializing. Palestinian terrorists have already attempted to infiltrate multiple areas of the so-called West Bank, Judea, and Samaria. On Friday night, mosques around Israel played a muezzin call, expressing solidarity with Hamas and calling for Palestinians to join the violence. That will only grow worse if Hamas survives. Meanwhile, Hezbollah in the north, which is an Iranian proxy, will know that Israel is surrounded on all sides and may choose to launch a massive offensive against Israel that would end with tens of thousands of Jews dead and Israel itself existentially endangered. Again, that possibility is quite real. Israel is apparently holding off right now on its ground offensive in order to retain enough troops in the north to prevent a massive Hezbollah move. If Hezbollah jumps in, Israel will respond with everything in its arsenal as it would have to. Iran, then presumably with Russian and Chinese backing, could enter the conflict. At that point, nuclear conflict would certainly not be off the table. Israel will not allow a second Holocaust to take place without using everything in its arsenal. In fact, an Iranian attack on Israel could turn into a next stage Sunni-Shia war, thanks to Iran's increased regional power. At some point in this chain of events, America would inevitably be dragged directly into such a war. Meanwhile, the world's oil supply would be radically decreased, crashing the global economy. So that's what one path looks like. The other path looks like America standing tall. And here's America's role. It's a simple role. It does not require American use of force. It does not require American soldiers. First, America must provide Israel the material and moral support to destroy Hamas. Israel will shed extraordinary levels of blood of its own citizens in order to protect civilians in Gaza and to kill terrorists. But Israel will require rearmament and America should provide it. And Israel wounded by Hamas is an invitation to broader regional and possibly global conflict. Second, America must use our diplomatic might to push to alleviate the situation on the Arab side. We ought to be pushing Egypt to open its border to refugees to minimize civilian casualties. We should be pushing Turkey to accept refugees. After all, they accepted 3.5 million of them from Syria. America ought to leverage Qatar into turning over Hamas's leadership to an international body or to America itself and push Qatar to get Hamas to release American and other hostages held by Hamas. Third, America must deter other actors from escalating this conflict. Presumably, that's why Joe Biden himself is visiting Israel and why America currently has aircraft carriers stationed in the Mediterranean. An ounce of prevention will be worth kilotons of cure. All of this is doable without expending significant amounts of American treasure or any American blood. But that can only happen if the Biden administration doesn't go wobbly, if it doesn't start parroting the dangerous moral equivalents of the media or the absurd perversities of international pseudo-humanitarian organizations that make no demands of the terrorist group Hamas, which is currently holding 200 hostages, including babies, but makes many demands on Israel. America can flex her muscles without using American force. In fact, we should. A world without America is a dark and chaotic place. 
a more dangerous place for America and Americans. All that can be avoided at virtually zero cost, so long as America doesn't actually go wobbly. Now, the situation on the ground continues to be ugly. According to the Wall Street Journal, Russia and China are softly intervening on the side of Hamas. That is not a shock. These are two of the most nefarious actors in the world right now. According to the Wall Street Journal, the war between Israel and Hamas isn't just risking a regional conflagration. It is also affecting the global balance of power, stretching American and European resources while relieving pressure on Russia and providing new opportunities to China. According to former Finnish Prime Minister Alexander Stubb, what we are seeing is part of a shifting and moving world order. When the U.S. leaves power vacuums, someone is going to fill those vacuums. Russia is the clearest beneficiary of the spreading upheaval. Pointing at the mounting Palestinian deaths, Moscow revels in what it calls the quote-unquote hypocrisy of the Western governments, which have roundly condemned Russian massacres of civilians in Ukraine, but offer only mild criticism of Israeli actions in Gaza. Now, of course, that is not even remotely comparable. Russia invaded Ukraine in order to destroy the country. Israel is invading Gaza in order to stop Hamas, which just killed 1,300 of its citizens. In fact, Israel had given the Gaza Strip to the Palestinians in 2005, and Hamas took over. They've been in charge ever since 2005. But the Russians and the Chinese are attempting to create an anti-American alliance in the Middle East. If America were to go wobbly there, things would get significantly worse for America's interests in the Middle East. And forget all of the talk, the happy talk about technology making oil no longer a relevant factor in the world economy. That obviously is untrue and is going to remain untrue. Meanwhile, Hamas continues to ratchet up the noise. So Hamas has a couple of goals here. Goal number one is to survive. The best way for them to survive is to release all the hostages today. If they release all the hostages they are currently holding, there will be significant pressure on Israel to stop its offensive, and everyone will just pretend that the 1,300 dead Jews around the Gaza border don't exist. That is likely the, the calculus that is being put in place by pretty much everybody, is that if Hamas releases the hostages, then they will call for everybody to go back to status quo ante. That's not acceptable for Israel. If Hamas's leadership survives intact, in the Gaza Strip, if they are continuing to lead the Gaza Strip after killing 1,300 Jews with virtually no consequences for them, all the consequences being felt by the civilians they keep in a, in a cage, effectively, and on top of their own rockets, that will be a big victory for Hamas. Everyone knows it. Israel's goals are twofold. Get back to hostages, destroy Hamas. Hamas's goals are twofold. Humiliate Israel, retain power. And they're really one goal, right? That's, that's really what they're talking about right here. To that end, yesterday, Hamas released its first hostage video of one of the hostages it is holding. This is a video of a 21-year-old woman named Mia Shem. She is a dual citizen. She's a French-Israeli woman. She was taken hostage. Obviously, she is being forced to say these things. Uh, so, you know, everything that, that she is saying here, you have to understand, she literally has a gun pointed at her head during this video. Here she was talking about, uh, about her status as a hostage right now. You can see in this video that they are bandaging up her arms. See, look how, look what good care they're taking of her. She's saying, I'd been prisoner in Gaza. They treated me and performed a surgery on me that took three hours. Everything's fine. I only ask that you return me home as soon as possible. Return me to my family. Please get us out of here as soon as possible. Now, again, that's propaganda by Hamas. Hamas is currently asking for thousands of Hamas terrorists to be released back into the Gaza Strip and for Israel to pull everyone out in return for the hostages they just took. Now, Hamas could just release them. All the humanitarian stuff that's happening right now is on Hamas. Hamas could just, like, I love that they release hostage videos where it's like, look how nicely we're treating the woman that we took and likely raped. But we'll look how nice we're being to her. These people are absolute monsters, of course. Hamas is monstrous. And any attempt to present them as some sort of human rights protector is absurd on its face. How bad is Hamas right now? Well, right now, Egypt is refusing to open the Rafah crossing to Palestinian refugees. 
They're not allowing anybody out from Gaza right now. Hamas's supreme leader actually praised Egypt for closing the border. Not kidding you. They want Israel to, they want Egypt to close the border. They want the Palestinians trapped in Gaza. Why? Because they need them as human shields. Here's Ismail Haniyeh, direct from Qatar. Again, pressure should be on Qatar to turn Haniyeh and the rest of the Hamas leadership over to an international court or to the Americans. Here is uh, here's Ismail Haniyeh, one of the ringleaders of Hamas, the technical leader of Hamas abroad. He, he lives, by the way, in a five-star hotel while everybody in Gaza suffers because this is what all terrorist groups do. Their leaders get rich and everybody else suffers. Here he is talking about how wonderful it is that Egypt is closing the border. Ahlu Gaza. This is the people of Gaza are rooted in their land and cling to their homeland. They will not leave Gaza. They will not immigrate no matter what the murderers and criminals do. We have only one path, which is to return to our land, to homes, the land of our fathers and grandfathers. By that, he means Tel Aviv and Haifa, by the way. He does not mean Gaza. There is no immigration from Gaza and no immigration from the West Bank, no immigration from Gaza to Egypt. And they want to keep those people there so they can use them as human shields. Remember, no one was calling for Gazans to leave the Gaza Strip until Hamas decided to murder 1,300 Israeli citizens and kidnap 200 others, leading to this military conflagration. Until two weeks ago, Hamas was in full control of the Gaza Strip and Palestinians were living there unhappily under their rule. But again, they don't care about the Palestinians. They've never cared about the Palestinians. They say this openly. I mean, this is the part that's amazing is they continue to say this sort of stuff openly. Okay, in just a second, we'll talk about Iran threatening to expand the conflict and and then the Western response to all of this. First, I want to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Going online without ExpressVPN, it's like using your smartphone without a protective case. Most of the time, probably fine. Then there's that one time you drop your phone and the screen smashes and you wish that you had protected yourself. Well, every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, your online data is not secure. Any hacker on that same network can access your personal data, such as your passwords or financial details. It doesn't take a lot of technical knowledge to hack somebody. Anybody could do it with some cheap hardware. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling your personal data on the dark web. You need ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates that secure encrypted tunnel we've talked about between your device and the internet so that hackers don't have access to your sensitive data. It's really easy to use. People who are not super tech savvy, one button to download, one button to activate, you're done. You are now protected. Secure your online data today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. Use my link to get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Ben. Expressvpn.com slash Ben to protect your online data today. Okay. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I can tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable. But 
Unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, balance of nature, fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that they count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's fiber and spice supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Got to tell you, I really rely on Balance of Nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience Balance of Nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order. Plus, that free bottle of fiber and spice. Okay, so... Meanwhile, Iran is threatening to ratchet all of this up. The reason they're doing that is because they're trying to redirect Israeli resources from the southern border to the northern border. A lot of people have been wondering, why hasn't Israel started the ground incursion already? I mean, everyone knows it's coming. And there are a couple possible reasons. One is that they are first attempting to internationally broker, along with the Americans, some sort of post-Hamas future in Gaza. That they're going to Egypt, Jordan, Saudi, Qatar, and they're trying to create an international coalition that will govern the Gaza Strip after Hamas is removed from the map. And they need time to actually make that happen before they go in. That's one possible reason. The other possible reason is that Hezbollah is threatening Israel's northern border. Now, again, for folks who don't know much about this region, you have to understand that Israel, again, being a very, very tiny country, is bordered on all sides by countries that either have a cold peace with it or have threatened openly to annihilate it. So the Gaza Strip, which is in the southwestern corner of the state of Israel, the Gaza Strip was occupied by Hamas and controlled by Hamas, a genocidal terrorist group. The southern border of Israel is a border with Egypt. That is a cold peace with Egypt ever since the peace deal between Anwar al-Sadat and Menachem Begin in 1980, under 1978-1979, under the auspices of Jimmy Carter, the Camp David Accords. The, the, what, the eastern border of Israel is a, a sort of weird conglomeration of Jordanian border, which is a cold peace with the, with the kingdom of Jordan, and the Palestinian Authority areas, which are honeycombed with terrorist supporters. Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and Palestinian Authority, all three terrorist groups. Palestinian Authority literally pays the, the families of, of terrorists. The northern border for Israel is in the Golan Heights, bordering Syria, which is an Iranian proxy. And on its pure northern border, like its straight northern border, that is a border with Lebanon, which is occupied and controlled by, by Hezbollah. Hezbollah is a terrorist group that is significantly more powerful than Hamas, like by, by leagues of leagues order, orders of magnitude. They have some 200,000 rockets pointed, apparently, at the state of Israel. They have, they've entrenched themselves on the northern border of Israel. Israel has had to fight wars there before in order to dislodge them from certain areas, most famously in 2007, most recently. And that ended with Israel sort of creating a demilitarized zone. But there has been anti-tank fire that has been crossing that border. There have been people trying to infiltrate, terrorists trying to infiltrate from the Hezbollah areas into Israel. So Israel is deeply afraid that if Hezbollah gets into the war, it will be now stretched on two separate borders. So they may be holding off on a ground incursion into Gaza until they feel that that northern border is solidified. And Iran, of course, is trying to ratchet up the game by saying that if Israel goes into the Gaza Strip, then they might unleash Hezbollah or they might instead pour resources into Syria, which would then be used in a proxy war with Israel. 
According to the Times of Israel, Iran on Monday said time was running out to reach a political solution to the Israel-Gaza conflict, warning of the possibility of expanding the scope of war and the conflict to other fronts. Apparently, Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi, quote, warned against the continuation of crimes by the Zionist regime, and he warned of a possibility of expanding the scope of war and conflict to other fronts. He further, the, the Iranian foreign minister further suggested the possibility of a preemptive action against Israel in the coming hours as Israel as Israel prepared the possibility of in, in invasion into the Gaza Strip in order to clean out the terrorists. So Iran is obviously attempting to ratchet up the threat. For its part, America is attempting to do some of the things that I talked about at the opening of the show. So America has moved aircraft carriers into the region. That would be to push Hezbollah off the ball, to say to them, if you try to fire rockets into Israel, then we will strike you with our jets, and then you will be no more because the combined power of America, I mean, America doesn't need Israel's help, obviously, but the combined power of America and Israel or Israel in a lead position with America in a support position, Hezbollah doesn't exist anymore. So don't get involved, right? And this is what Joe Biden keeps saying. He keeps saying, don't get involved. Okay. Also, the United States has been rearming Israel to this point as Israel needs to be rearmed. But there is the third point, which is will America let Israel do what it needs to do in the Gaza Strip? And here is where things are starting to get quite dicey for the Biden administration. Do they have the intestinal fortitude to allow Israel to do what it needs to do in the Gaza Strip while maintaining the isolation of that conflict, which is in everybody's interest? By the way, it's in the interest of Iran as well. Everyone's interests are aligned here. Nobody wants this conflict spreading north to Hezbollah and to Iran. Iran may pretend that it wants that conflict spreading north, but if that happens, the Mullahs probably are not in power at the end of this chain of dominoes. The Mullahs are probably dead. They probably don't want that, but they have to threaten because if they don't threaten, then they're watching one of their pawns, Hamas, being taken off the board by the Israelis, which is the next thing that's going to happen. We'll get to this in just one second. First, it's hard to stay energized these days. It is, I'm not getting a ton of sleep, but there is one thing that I do for my health that is very, very easy. So I'm not good about eating the vegetables because vegetables are made of vegetables and they're terrible. So instead, one of the things I rely on is balance of nature. Balance of nature, fruits and veggies are a great way to make sure you're getting essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Balance of nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing their natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in balance of nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, fruits and veggies. There's never been an easier way to make sure that you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Balance of Nature sends a bunch of fruit and veggie capsules down to the studio for my team to try. Everyone is feeling brighter, healthier, more energetic. I love Balance of Nature. It makes my life a lot easier. It can make your life easier too. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first preferred order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com. Promo code Shapiro. Get 35% off your first preferred order. Balanceofnature.com. Promo code Shapiro. Okay, so Joe Biden is set to visit Israel on Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, obviously, so he'll be visiting Israel tomorrow. This means that the ground invasion is not going to happen until after Biden leaves. This is pretty obvious to everybody. So this is partially a delay tactic by the United States to buy time for future negotiations on hostages, perhaps, to buy time for some negotiation over who's going to take Hamas's place. Or perhaps it is just a delay tactic by the United States so that Israel will not actually go in at all. Maybe the goal here is to is to prevent Israel from taking out Hamas totally. Now, that is the great fear. The great fear is that this thing ends with some of the hostages released, many of the hostages dead. Remember, many of them are Israeli military. Hamas is not going to release those people. They're going to kill them. Maybe the idea here is that everyone wants things to go back to status quo ante. If things go back to status quo ante, Israel is in existential danger. Why? Again, Hamas will remain on the southern border and they will continue to be an entrenched, powerful terror group that murders Jews wherever it can find them. Hezbollah will be emboldened. Iran will be emboldened. Syria will be emboldened. Not only that, Egypt, Jordan, 
are going to be alienated from the state of Israel because, again, power is the only coin of the realm in the Middle East. Whoever is most powerful wins. That's the way that it works over there. It's not about moral suasion in an area filled with dictators. The, the other countries that have joined the Abraham Accords, for example, to try and create an anti-Iranian bulwark, those countries are going to be skittish after Hamas is able to kill 1,300 Jews and get away with it. Saudi Arabia is likely not to get into a peace deal. Israel needs to reestablish its military capability and its ability to push off its enemies if it hopes to sign any sort of long-lasting peace agreements, for example, with the Sunni states against Iran. So the, the situation could go really bad here if Hamas is not removed. And everyone basically knows that, except maybe the Americans, except maybe Joe Biden. Because again, Joe Biden has a very bad habit of going wobbly. This is the same administration that was signing checks to the Iranians about five seconds ago. So Biden is supposed to visit Israel. That's a good sign of solidarity from, from Joe Biden. But the question is going to be what exactly the effect of that is. Now, again, none of that seems to be putting off Hamas. So Antony Blinken, the United States Secretary of State, was in Tel Aviv. The air raid sirens went off while Blinken was in Tel Aviv for meetings. They were literally firing missiles at Blinken. I mean, this is one of the things that Hamas was doing. Meanwhile, the United States apparently trying to, you know, are they trying to push Israel to, to, to not go in and do what they need to do in, in the Gaza Strip? That would be ridiculous. Here's some video from Tel Aviv. This is from yesterday. You can hear the sirens going off. This is like the exact area where Blinken is. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is um, and Blinken are making some pretty wobbly noises. They're making some pretty wobbly noises. So Joe Biden, his, his lingo so far has been good. Obviously, he's condemned Hamas as barbarians because they are barbarians. They're, they're as bad or worse than the Nazis. They wish to not only destroy every Jew, but to do so publicly. And, uh, and to humiliate the Jews in the process. At least the Nazis, again, phrases I've never said before, at least the Nazis attempted to hide their crimes at the end of World War II. Hamas brags about them on GoPro. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, he, yesterday, he suggested it's a mistake to occupy Gaza. Now, listen, if you think Israel wants a long-term occupation of Gaza, you're so wrong. I mean, like, I don't even know why anyone would think Israel, Israel literally turned over the place to a, a terrorist group rather than, quote-unquote, occupying it. They don't want it. But what exactly do you expect? I mean, seriously, what do you expect? What do you think the outcome of this is? So is the idea that Israel is supposed to... So according to Joe Biden, as we'll see, Joe Biden and Anthony Blinken, Israel is supposed to not hit, presumably, enough military targets because there are too many civilians in the way in densely packed areas. So they can't do it from the air. They're not supposed to occupy Gaza, so they can't do it from the ground. And they are supposed to, as we'll see from Anthony Blinken, letting, quote-unquote, humanitarian aid, even if it goes to Hamas. So what exactly is the plan for Israel to destroy Hamas then? Now, listen, I hope I'm reading that wrong. I hope that when Joe Biden says this, all he really means is that he doesn't want Israel to annex the Gaza Strip. Again, if you think Israel is desperate to annex two million Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip, I don't know what you're, you're high in your own supply. No one in the Israeli government is talking about that. But in any case, here was Joe Biden talking about occupying Gaza. Would you support Israeli occupation of Gaza at this point? I think it'd be a big mistake. Do you believe that Hamas must be eliminated entirely? Uh, yes, I do. But there needs to be a Palestinian authority. There needs to be a, a path to a Palestinian state. Well, if he's got any ideas, I think everyone's open to them. And again, I'm, I'm so sick of hearing about there needs to be a Palestinian state when literally the only leaders in the Palestinian community are dedicated to the extermination of Israel. You know what could have happened after 2005? It would have been super easy. After 2005, when Israel walked out, the Arab states could have poured billions of dollars into Gaza to build it up into a glowing Hong Kong of the Middle East. Did they do that? No, instead they allowed Hamas to continue making it into a shithole. That's, that's what they did. 
By the way, lots, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars poured into Gaza. It all went for building extraordinary terror tunnels underneath the soil, for poisoning the aquifer, apparently, and for building rockets. So it, it is, it, it is a, a never-ending source of astonishment to me when people like Joe Biden or anyone else in the commentariat or political sphere says there needs to be a two-state solution. Yeah, well, it would be nice if, if unicorns if unicorns provided nuclear energy as well. But like at a certain point, you're going to have to recognize that the Palestinian cause has not been and is not about setting up a working, functional Palestinian state. It is about destroying the state of Israel. That's what it is. It is a weapon aimed at the heart of Israel. It has been since 1948. Everyone knows this. The Palestinians know this. Hamas knows this. The PA knows this. Islamic Jihad knows this. That's why they've walked away from every single peace negotiation ever held. It's why they've turned down every single deal ever offered them. Because, again, the Palestine Liberation Organization, which became the PA, was founded in 1964 when Israel was not in control of either the Gaza Strip or the West Bank. They weren't even in control of the old city of Jerusalem. And yet, that's when the PLO was formed. The Palestine Liberation Organization, the Free Palestine Crowd, when they were saying that in 1964, they didn't mean free Ramallah. They didn't, they, 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 they didn't mean, we need you to free Gaza City. And they don't mean that right now. They mean from the river to the sea, Palestine shall have no Jews. That's what they actually mean. So when they talk two-state solutions, like, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, that'd be great. That, sure. It, you, again, if you think Israel is desperate to govern Janine, you're out of your mind. Israel literally tried to hand over these areas to Jordan. And Jordan was like, no way. So, yeah, again, this is, this is ridiculous nonsense that uh, passes for foreign policy wisdom. In a second, we'll get to Anthony Blinken's absurd statements yesterday, the Secretary of State. Again, listen, I would love for the Biden administration to provide the support. It's not hard. Contain the conflict. Let Israel finish that our enemies. That's it. That's, the, that's, like, that's, that's all. And it's not hard. And it doesn't require American blood or treasure in any serious amount. Certainly no American blood. And it does not require American treasure in any serious amount. It does contain the conflict. And it allows Israel to eliminate an enemy not only of Israel, but of the world. But that would require, you know, some actual spine. We'll get to that momentarily first. I'm not getting a lot of sleep these days, but whatever sleep I am getting is thanks to my Helix sleep mattress. I've been talking about my Helix mattress for years. I've had my Helix mattress for uh, 10 years at this point. It is great. Helix is now introducing their newest, most high-end collection, the Helix Elite. Helix Elite harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben to check out the new collection today. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, well, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come directly to your door, shipped for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it for 100 nights risk-free, so you got nothing to lose. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for my listeners. It's a great deal. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Okay, so yesterday, Anthony Blinken held like eight hours of meetings with the Israeli government, and then he emerged to, uh, to give a message. And here's what Anthony Blinken had to say. On Wednesday, President Biden will visit Israel. He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region, and for the world. And he's coming here to do the following. First, the president will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. President Biden will again make clear, as he's done unequivocally since Hamas's slaughter of more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, that Israel has the right and indeed the duty to defend its people from Hamas and other terrorists, and to prevent future attacks. The President will hear from Israel what it needs to defend its people 
as we continue to work with Congress to meet those needs. Second, President Biden will underscore our crystal clear message to any actor, state or non-state, trying to take advantage of this crisis to attack Israel. Don't. To that end, he's deployed two aircraft carrier groups and other military assets to the region. Third, the President will continue to coordinate closely with our Israeli partners to secure the release of hostages taken by Hamas, including men, women, small children, Holocaust survivors, and American citizens, as an indispensable humanitarian effort. Fourth, President Biden will receive a comprehensive brief on Israel's war aims and strategy. Fifth, the President will hear from Israel how it will conduct its operations in a way that minimizes civilian casualties and enables humanitarian assistance to flow to civilians in Gaza in a way that does not benefit Hamas. To that end, today and at our request, the United States and Israel have agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multilateral organizations to reach civilians in Gaza and them alone, including the possibility of creating areas to help keep civilians out of harm's way. It is critical that aid begin flowing into Gaza as soon as possible. We share Israel's yeah, concern is that fine, Hamas may seize or destroy aid entering Gaza or otherwise preventing it from reaching the people who need it. If Hamas in any way blocks humanitarian assistance from reaching civilians, including by seizing the aid itself, we'll be the first to condemn it and we will work to prevent it from happening again. We okay, welcome I'm the sorry. Government that last part is the part that's key. Plan. Okay, we can stop it there. Everything he says up to that point, you're like, okay, that makes sense. That's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Contain the conflict. Say don't to the foreign actors who want to get in. Make sure that Israel has the wherewithal to take out Hamas. All of that. Then he gets to the very end and he says, we need humanitarian aid to go into Gaza. Okay, everybody would love for the civilians of Gaza to have humanitarian aid. This is why Israel turned back on the water and power in southern Gaza. The entire idea is turn it off up north to push everybody down south, all the civilians, because the only people in the north who still have water and power are the people living underground, the terrorists. That's the entire idea here. But then when he says, well, you know, if, if that humanitarian aid is then used for terrorism, we will condemn it. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Or maybe you shouldn't put aid into an area where terrorists are likely to seize it. Maybe that would be, maybe you should pressure Egypt into letting civilians out of the Gaza Strip into Egypt. Maybe that would be good. Maybe Egypt should be in control of the Gaza Strip, but Egypt doesn't want it. Again, you're providing problems with no solutions when you say things like, we will be the first to condemn it if Hamas seizes humanity. By the way, Hamas did seize humanitarian aid literally yesterday. The UNRWA, the UN Refugees Administration, which is a, an agency that is specifically dedicated only to the Palestinians. It's amazing. It's a garbage administration run internationally that allows for full indoctrination in Jew hatred at UNRWA schools and the hiding of weaponry beneath UNRWA resources. They admitted yesterday on Twitter briefly that Hamas was literally stealing aid and then they deleted it because they were afraid that Hamas might get mad at them. So is it likely that that's going to, uh, it's not only likely, it is, it is certain that Hamas is going to steal that aid and then use it in its war against the Jews. That obviously is going to happen. So how wobbly does the United States get? We're not sure yet. But the pressure is certainly being brought to bear. So the media have done the moral equivalence game. They continue to do the moral equivalence game. This, this notion that it is incumbent on Israel not to achieve its military objectives in order to prevent civilian casualties caused by Hamas is absurd on its face. No one talked like this after 9-11. No one talked like this during World War II. No one has talked like this during any war that I'm aware of. Barack Obama was nailing people with drones and killing civilians by the score 
And no one seemed to bat an eye about any of that. And that was not a matter of existential American security. Israel right now is attempting to kill the people who killed 1,300 Jews and would kill all of them and are currently holding 200 hostages. And we're getting talk from the media about, oh, well, you got to be careful about those civilian casualties. You really got... Do you remember any of that conversation in the aftermath of 9-11? Any? The answer is no, it didn't exist. Do you remember any of that conversation about ISIS? Somewhere between 1,000 and 10,000 civilians were killed in the American war on ISIS. Did anyone care? Did anyone talk about that? The answer is no one talked about that. Why? Because the military objectives were clear. Instead, you have Jake Tapper on CNN, who yesterday was, was questioning a former Israeli official, and he said, how, how dare you take, take military measures that are hurting civilians? And the answer is, it wouldn't be hurting civilians if Hamas were not using the civilians as human shields. They want them there. They say so publicly. Certainly taking out Hamas's leadership, I understand the, the point of that, but the, the Palestinian health ministry in Gaza says 2,800 Palestinians have been killed and, and uh, somewhere between a quarter and a third of them are, are children. Um, that's not Hamas's leadership. Can I please offer a, a word of caution? Now, I know that there is real suffering in Gaza. There's a war going on and, and uh, innocent people are getting caught up in a very difficult situation. I don't minimize that. But you have to get, take with a grain of salt any information that comes out of the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health in Gaza. That has to be said. Hamas is not a democracy. There's not an independent health bureaucracy that is trying to do its best. Every doctor you speak to, every hospital director you speak to, works under the gun of Hamas. That, of course, is exactly right. That's exactly right, and it's exactly true. In fact, the journalists in the Gaza Strip have admitted as much. They've admitted they can't report except what Hamas wants them to report. Well, the good news for Hamas is that there are a bunch of sympathizers in the media for Hamas. In fact, the BBC had to fire seven, seven reporters yesterday, seven, for expressing open solidarity with Hamas. Seven. Okay, so if you're worried that the journalistic enterprise is uh, is corrupt, that's because it is. By the way, Jordan is also saying no refugees. They're also saying no refugees. In fact, King Abdullah, he, he says it's a red line. He says no refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt, which again, I, I will just remind you that 800,000 Jews were expelled from Arab countries. 700, 800,000 Jews were expelled from Arab countries in 48. Israel took all of them, all of them. Not a single Palestinian refugee has been accepted by any surrounding Arab country in 80 years, they just kept them in refugee camps. It's unbelievable. Okay, so the Biden administration is getting pressure from the media because of the idiotic moral equivalence that suggests, of course, that that trying to kill terrorists when terrorists are hiding behind civilians is somehow the responsibility of, of the people who are trying to kill the terrorists. They're also getting pressure from the intellectual class. And the intellectual class is just, it, it is hard to imagine how morally corrupt and evil the intellectual class in the United States is. It's, it's disgusting. Disgusting. Many of the people who are most feted and rewarded in American society, some of the most perverse, morally atrocious human beings on the on the planet. We'll get to that momentarily first. Flu season costs Americans like $11 billion every single year. When your kids get sick and miss school, chances are you miss work and then you get sick as well. And then everybody gets sick. I know this is like my family's story. We have four kids. Somebody is sick always at all times. This is why we have Enviro Cleanse at our house and also in our office. Enviro Cleanse brings new science to home and office air purification. Proven to capture and destroy the flu virus, bacteria, toxins, mold, and allergens, EnviroCleanse is the only home air purifier that helps keep you and your family healthy. The EnviroCleanse technology is so powerful, it was chosen to purify the air on board Navy ships and subs. EnviroCleanse helps keep our servicemen and women healthier. It can help you as well. 
Now is your chance to get your own EnviroCleanse unit for your home or office with a 30% discount during their flash sale. Go to ekpure.com. Use promo code BEN30 for 30% off. Again, that's promo code BEN30 at ekpure.com. You think the air that you're breathing is clean? Truth is, probably a lot of stuff in it. Why don't you just get it cleansed with EnviroCleanse today? Again, that's EnviroCleanse, ekpure.com. Use promo code BEN30 and get 30% off today. ekpure.com, code BEN30. Also, Yesterday, I received in the mail my box of merch from Bent Key. So Bent Key is our brand new children's channel, and it is phenomenal. Honestly, we're so proud of it here at Daily Wire. I'm the proudest of it of anything we've ever done here at Daily Wire. It's amazing stuff. It's clean, pure entertainment for your kids. Excellent quality, excellent quality stuff. My kids opened up the box, and they freaked out at all the awesome stuff in it. We're talking about plushies from all the characters from Chip Chilla and the, the Mabel McClay books robes, like all sorts of amazing, awesome stuff. We have plushies and books, toys and stuffed animals from Bent Key. Original shows now available at the Daily Wire shop. Head on over to bentkeyshop.com. Get yours today. They're adorable. They're great gifts for your kids. My kids love them. My kids all slept with them in their beds last night. All the plushies, they're, they're great. Once again, go to bentkeyshop.com. Get your Bent Key merch today. Meanwhile, the intellectual class in America and abroad continues to be utter scum. I mean, some of the worst people on earth. So the New York Review of Books put out an open letter from pseudo-intellectuals like Ta-Nehisi Coates. Literally, Ta-Nehisi Coates is the number one signatory to this disgusting letter. Ta-Nehisi Coates is, of course, a person who we all should have known was a moral cretin when he wrote an entire book talking about how evil America was, how evil America was, and how he watched 9-11 happen from the top of a building while smoking pot and felt nothing. We should have known that from Ta-Nehisi Coates, but we were supposed to take him very seriously as a pseudo-intellectual because he called for slavery reparations because he, a very wealthy black man, has been so victimized by the United States of America. He was a fool then, and he's a fool now. So are all the people who signed this disgusting letter. And again, it is some of the most eminent intellectuals in America who signed this ridiculous piece of garbage. So here's what the letter says, quote, we are writers and artists who have been to Palestine to participate in the Palestine Festival of Literature. Okay, so first of all, why don't we start right there? Where was the Palestine Festival of Literature? It was in Haifa. It was in Haifa. Haifa is in Israel. So they're immediately doing from the river to see Palestine will be free. They're immediately calling for essentially the destruction of the state of Israel because you can't call it. We've been to, if you went to, if you went to Haifa, you didn't go to Palestine, you went to Israel. We now call for the international community to commit to ending the catastrophe unfolding in Gaza and to finally pursuing a comprehensive and just political solution in Palestine. You're right. No efforts have ever been expended at some sort of peace plan in in Israel and, and between the Palestine. No one has ever tried anything like that. Wow. Genius idea. You, you, you absolute geniuses, you. We have exercised our privilege as international visitors to move around historic Palestine in ways that most Palestinians are unable to. Why, why, aren't, you, why aren't you able to? Why, why? Who runs those places? Hmm, interesting. Why? Why say you? We have met with and been hosted by Palestinian artists, human rights workers, writers, historians, and activists. We have stood on stage with them. Many of those people, including the festival organizers based in Palestine, are in fear for their lives right now. One festival organizer is locked down with their child in Ramallah, sharing updates about the people killed by armed settlers last night. One partner in Gaza, a magazine editor, is no longer answering messages. And so first of all, I should point out at this point, I know people who are located in Israeli areas around Gaza and Israelis who are located in, in areas around Ramallah. Muezzin calls, I mentioned at the top of the show, Muezzin calls, that's what happens like on Friday nights. Now you've heard the tapes of it, you know, the Islamic call to prayer. The calls for prayer are being sent from the top of Hamas, from the loudspeakers, calling for solidarity with Hamas and violent uprising against Jews. Jews in a lot of these areas are living in fear that people are going to come down from Ramallah and kill them and their families. In any case, these, these, moral, these moral morons say, quote, 
Israel has imposed what it calls a complete siege and told 1.1 million people in Gaza to evacuate within 24 hours. To where? Oh, I don't know. Maybe to the places where they drew a map to. Maybe that. By the way, when, when they say to where, I, I, I just like to point Hamas doesn't want them to evacuate at all. Hamas is telling them not to move. Hamas is killing people who are attempting to leave. After six days of bombing that have already killed 2,215 people, 724 of them children, in the fourth major aerial bombardment in the 16th year of closure, the question, to where, rings unanswerable around the world. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't, considering that refugees have been leaving North Africa for Italy by the boatload for years on end. Also, again, why? I mean, what's amazing about this, this idiotic letter is they never bothered to ask the question why, because if they did, they might actually have to con- confront the truth, which is that Hamas is an evil terrorist group. Why is Israel bombarding the Gaza Strip? Why? The answer is because of terrorist attacks, because of rocket attacks from civilian areas. By the way, we are now fully two paragraphs into this pathetic exercise in moral idiocy. And they've still not mentioned the Jews who were murdered. Quote, when Israel's top general refers to Palestinians as human animals, that's not what he said. He referred to Hamas as human animals. And you know what? People who rape women and then kidnap them or murder them with their babies, those are human animals. Sorry, you don't like that? Tough. When the U.S. State Department deletes a statement calling for a ceasefire, well, yeah, because they called for a ceasefire before Israel had even done anything. We fear we are watching an ethnic cleansing on a scale unseen in decades. Yeah, this is a hell of an ethnic cleansing. Again, I will point out that at the time of the 1948 war, there were apparently one point, somewhere between 1.3 and 1.5 million Palestinian Arabs living in the area. Today, there are 2 million Palestinian Arabs living in the Gaza Strip. There are another 2 to 3 million Palestinian Arabs living in Judea and Samaria, and there are 1.6 million Palestinian Arabs who are Israeli living inside Israel. That's a hell of an ethnic cleansing. Anyway, these dolts continue. The governments of the USA, UK, France, and others are participating in this crime by ramping up military support for Israel as it wages a war that its officials have plainly stated aims to turn Gaza into city of tents or even worse, empty of its people. A population of over 2 million mostly from families that were made refugees in 1948, half of whom are children have been living under an Israeli and Egyptian blockade since 2007. And to many of them, being told to leave again is not an option. On Saturday, this is the best part. On Saturday, after 16 years of siege, Hamas militants broke out of Gaza. Wow, that's a, that's a hell of a characterization. They broke out after 16 years. Of, it was like a prison break, you see. They, it wasn't like Hamas runs the damned place. They broke out, you see. They broke out. And more than 1,300 Israelis were subsequently killed. Wow, look at, look at the passive voice right there. Not that Hamas terrorists went and murdered and beheaded and burned. No, what and raped not, and kidnapped. None of that. All that happened, something happened to some people, as Ilhan Omar might say. Hamas militants broke out of Gaza and more than 1,300 Israelis were subsequently killed. Well, what, by like cars? Did they die of influenza? Was it COVID? I mean, how did that happen? Honestly, these are the worst people in America. Disgusting human beings. More than 1,300 Israelis, these are Hamas sympathizers, period. More than 1,300 Israelis were subsequently killed with over 100 more taken hostage, some of them friends and family or signatories to this letter. We deplore the loss of all innocent life. And now as we write this letter, Israel is executing the largest expulsion of Palestinians since 1948 as it bombs Gazans without discrimination. That is a lie. It's an, it's an abject lie. The reason Hamas hides its weapons behind civilians is to dissuade Israel from hitting them. That in and of itself admits the lie. That Israel, if Israel wanted to kill civilians, you know what it could do? Not tell anyone to move. Not try to hit military targets. It's not doing any of those things. Only Hamas is doing those things. Our words feel small in this terrifying escalation. After so many years and so many deaths, we must all together say this has to end, and it can only end with a free Palestine. Remember, this thing started by declaring Haifa part of Palestine. So that is from your great intellectuals. That's ta Coates, who should be summarily thrown out of any intellectual enterprise ever. 
He's a joke. But don't worry, he's not the only joke. We have professors at America's top universities doing the same thing. Here, for example, is a Cornell University professor named Russell Rickford cheering the terrorist attacks the other day. It was exhilarating. He says it was exhilarating. It was exhilarating. It was energizing. He's talking about the murder of Jews. And if it weren't exhilarating, by this challenge to the monopoly of violence, by this shifting of the balance of power, then they would not be human. I was exhilarated, he says. This is a professor. This is a professor at um, Cornell University. Our intellectual class. Meanwhile, a Columbia University professor has, uh, has called Hamas's terror attacks against Israel awesome. His name is Joseph Massad. He's a professor of politics and history. Colombia has no comment, of course. Because why would they? Why would they? Cornel West says, they can't have him removed now. I would need to see more of what he said, but everyone is entitled to their opinion. Well, I mean, I feel like if you express support for a Hamas terror attack, at that point, you can lose your job. It, call, call me a cancel culture maniac, but it seems to me that if you support an open terrorist group murdering civilians, like killing babies and burning them, then at that point, I feel like you don't need a job. I feel like it's okay if you don't have a job. I'm, I'm okay with that. I can, I can live with that. And just one second, we'll get to the rest of the pseudo-intellectual class in the United States. First, if you run a small business, you do need to plan ahead. One of the best ways to do that is by using Stamps.com for all your mailing and shipping needs. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels right from your home or office space. It's incredibly convenient. Your shipping labels are ready to go in minutes so you can get back to running your business sooner. We don't waste time here at Daily Wire. We've been using Stamps.com since 2017. Our office management staff loves Stamps.com because they don't have to spend hours at the post office anymore. Stamps.com offers rates you can't find anywhere else, like to up to 84% off USPS and UPS. Plus, they'll automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. For over 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable to over a million businesses. You can print postage wherever you do business. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. They even send you free scales. So you'll have everything you need to get started. Set your business up for success today. Get started with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code Shapiro. Get a special offer. It includes a four-week trial plus free postage, free digital scale, no long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page. Enter code Shapiro to get started. Again, we've been using stamps.com here at Daily Wire for years and years. It's one of the things that has helped us become a successful business. Efficiency, saving money, saving time. Stamps.com. Do it yourself. Click the mic at the top of the page. Enter code Shapiro. Again, our intellectual class is filled with absolute jokes of, of human beings. That obviously also applies to many of the students. So a huge number of students at our top-level universities are moral fools, and they have been moral fools for quite a while. Video has emerged from around the country, not only of these giant rallies in favor of Hamas, but of NYU students, for example, literally tearing down posters of the people kidnapped by Hamas. So this is um, two such people at Tisch Hall at NYU, and uh, there's a, a line of posters of the, these are the faces of the kidnapped. And this is three young people who are going around pulling those off and throwing them in the garbage can. Lest, lest God forbid, people actually see the faces of the people who are being held in bondage by Hamas terrorists. Don't worry. These are probably wonderful people. They're probably, they're probably going to be good for America. These are probably a net ad for the United States. We need them here. We need them here. Just like we need, obviously, huge protests in Dearborn on behalf of Hamas. Here's some video from Dearborn. This is yesterday. Uh, this is a lot of people who are, uh, again, they have giant signs that say decolonization and resistance. Like the first sign in this line says resistance. Okay, resistance is solidarity with Hamas. That's what they're talking about right now. That's why they are doing this. And they're not calling for Hamas to be deposed and for a peaceful Palestinian state to be created. They're not calling for that because that's not what they want. What they want is Israel destroyed, clearly, obviously. Not just in Dearborn, also in Dallas. There's some 
Here's some video of a giant pro-Hamas rally in Dallas. And again, this is a pro-Hamas rally. It is. It is not a pro-Palestinian rally. It is not a rally calling for the, not one person at these rallies has called for the release of hostages. Not one. Zero. Not one of them will condemn what Hamas actually did. Not one. Zero. Not one of them will suggest that Palestinian leadership needs to be replaced in the Gaza Strip so as to forward and foment peace. Not one. Zero. It's very obvious exactly what's happening at these rallies. And the question is, if you are a sympathizer with an actual terror group, see, it's, it's politically correct for these. It is easier on the left to say, I support Hamas than it is to say a man is a man and a woman is a woman on the left these days. It is easier because you get to pretend that you're on the side of the dispossessed, colonized people. You get to pretend the Jews are white and the Arabs are brown and therefore the Jews are the oppressors and the brown people are the oppressed. Forget about the fact that racially speaking, this is abject and silly nonsense that a huge number of Israelis are not in fact from European countries. That a huge, huge number of Israelis are from places like Morocco and Iraq and Egypt. I mean, my wife's entire family is Sephardi, but it doesn't, none of that matters to these people. It all has to fit inside this peculiar left intersectional framework that is perfectly fine with anti-Semitism because it absolutely crosses streams with a broader left-wing concept that if you are successful, if you develop a successful state in the Middle East, it must be because you are some sort of colonial oppressor. Meanwhile, if you don't want, again, this sort of stuff is throughout the United States. There's a, there's a video from 2022. These are kids who are singing allegiance to Qasem Soleimani. You remember Soleimani? He was the leader of the Iranian terror regime. He was one of the leaders of the IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps and responsible for the death of thousands of Americans. These are, um, these are school kids who are singing allegiance to Qasem Soleimani in 2022. These are tiny little kids. They don't know what they're saying. They're adults. They're all wearing, um, they're wearing headbands that pledge allegiance to Iran here. That's what this is. That's what this video is. And um, this is in Houston, by the way. This is in Houston. This is not in uh, this is not in Iran. This is not in Qatar. This is in Houston. So I have a question: Does this seem like a good practice to you? Well, I'll tell you, uh, it probably is not particularly good practice. Again, this is not the fault of these kids. These are they're, they're small children. It's the fault of their parents and the organizations that sponsor them. That's terrible. It's awful. And and their parents don't belong in the United States. If you if you support Qasem Soleimani, you do not belong in the United States. If you support Hamas, you do not belong in the United States. We got to draw the line somewhere. It seems to me supporting open terror groups is a pretty good place to draw the line. I don't feel like that's too restrictive, is it? You can still be in favor of a Palestinian state. You can still be in favor of a two-state solution. But it seems to me that if you support the full-scale murder of Jews, full stop, quad Jews, that if you support Hamas, if you support Hezbollah, if you support these groups, I feel like you can find some place else to live. And I'll tell you what happens. When countries don't find other places for terror sympathizers to live, the terror sympathizers go and do terrorist kinds of things. So, for example, yesterday, two people were shot dead in Brussels. They were shot dead in Brussels in a, in, in, by, by a person who declares his allegiance to ISIS. A man claims in a video on social media he was the assailant in Monday's attack and that he was from ISIS. So they are, this, this person is claiming that he shot two random people in Brussels in retaliation for a six-year-old Muslim boy who was killed in Illinois over the weekend. Now, the difference between this guy and the guy in Illinois is that everyone condemns the guy in Illinois. We all want to see that, that piece of get the death penalty, the guy who killed the Palestinian kid in Illinois. Everyone wants that. Meanwhile, there are millions of people all over the world who will cheer this, this particular human who just murdered two people for no reason in Brussels. He claimed he was inspired by the Islamic State. 
Brussels has now raised the terror alert to its top rating of four, meaning the threat is extremely serious. So this is, um, again, if you import tens of thousands of people who agree with Hamas, you should not be particularly surprised when they agree with Hamas and then do things that Hamas might like. Meanwhile, the good news is that we have the Hamas caucus in our Congress as well. So the squad has now put out a letter. The letter is signed. It's a, it's a House resolution they're attempting to, uh, to push. It's being pushed by, as you would guess, Rashida Tlaib, Andre Carson, etc. Corey Bush calling for an immediate de-escalation and ceasefire in Israel and occupied Palestine. Whereas all human life is precious, they say, and the targeting of civilians, no matter their faith or ethnicity, is a violation of international humanitarian law. Whereas between October 7th and October 16th, armed violence has claimed the lives of over 2,700 Palestinians and over 1,400 Israelis. Gotta love that. There it is. See, you see the moral equivalence right there? They just lump everybody together. It's all just a cycle of violence, gang. Hamas running into peaceful Israeli villages and murdering everyone in sight is exactly the same as Israel trying to kill the members of Hamas and Hamas hiding behind the civilians. Exactly the same. The, the, the only way you can ever get to the point that Israel is possibly the bad guy in this conflict is if you just pretend, if you just pretend away the entire conflict, if you pretend the history does not exist, that the situation on the ground does not exist, if you pretend that Hamas is equivalent to the IDF, it's an absurdity, obviously. So is the Biden administration going to cave to these type of fools? If they do, they're going to make America much weaker. They're going to put America and the West in a much more dangerous place because you know what terrorists love more than anything? They love hope and they love the weakness of their opposition. It's the thing that drives them. Weakness of the West is the driving motivating factor for terrorist groups. Sure, they would love to kill anybody, but when they, when they are scared, they kill fewer people. And the reality is, what exactly do they have to be scared of in the West when the West is so deeply worried about cleanliness of arms that it won't allow Hamas to be taken off the board if that, in fact, is what happens here? Okay, meanwhile, closer to home, Jim Jordan has been inching closer to the speakership. There's supposed to be a vote today to determine whether he is, in fact, going to become Speaker of the House. Here is, um, here is Jim Jordan saying we are going to elect a speaker. He is uh, saying that they're going to do that today. You had said before you want to have 217 first. Well, I, I do think that's that's ideal. But uh, as one of my colleagues said in the room, I don't know if, if there's any way to ever get that in the room. Mm -hmm. I would love that. But I think the only way to do this is the way the founders intended is you uh, you have the vote tomorrow. Um, we've set it for 12 o'clock. And um, I feel real good about it. Well, you have more than one ballot if you don't get to 217 on the we're first. Gonna, we're going to elect the speaker tomorrow. That's that's uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Okay, so he, he's suggesting that, that he's going to get to 217. Right now, it appears as though Jordan is, in fact, inching closer to 217. Some of the holdouts are, um, are still, they're moving over into his camp. I think everybody in the Republican caucus is tired of this nonsense. Uh, a huge majority of the Republican caucus does not even understand why McCarthy was ousted in the first place. And so they're perfectly fine with Jordan being the guy. There are a bunch of people in swing districts who are a little nervous about Jordan being the guy because Jordan is a hard-charging dude. And so what they are worried about is that Jordan, because of his own political priors is going to not be a conciliator in the Republican caucus. He's not going to be willing to cut the sorts of deals that they would have cut in the past, even with each other, and that nothing will get done or that they're going to be saddled with whatever, whatever Jim Jordan says about Donald Trump, because Donald Trump right now is the likeliest nominee. So the, um, the, the sort of bizarre situation in which the Republican caucus finds itself is if they don't go with Jordan, who do they go with? Democrats, of course, are very excited about Jim Jordan. The reason the Democrats are excited is because they're going to try to attack all of the moderate Republican legislators and, and left-wing Republican legislators by, by saddling them with, with Jordan's record. Mike Rogers, who is of the House Armed Services Committee, he, uh, he now has endorsed Jordan. Ann Wagner of Missouri, who 
who is a Scalise backer, said that she would vote for Jordan. There's some other no votes out there. That would include, for example, Mike Lawler of New York, Carlos Jimenez of Florida, Mario Diaz-Balart of Florida, Don Bacon of Nebraska, Ken Buck of Colorado. They're still saying that they oppose Jordan. GOP sources are indicating there's a high possibility that Jordan actually has his high watermark on the first vote. So if he doesn't get it on the first vote, then he starts to lose support. Again, guys, pick a speaker. It doesn't, honest to God, it doesn't actually matter all that much. The reason it doesn't matter all that much is because the incentive structure is what matters in Congress. I know that everybody tends to believe about American politics that if you just put the right guy in the right place at the right time, it makes a world of difference. It's not about the right guy so much as it is the incentive structure that makes the wrong guy do the right thing. Right now, the Republicans have an incredibly narrow majority. If they have to go to left-wing legislators in the Republican caucus to get to that majority, that's what they're going to have to do. And if they go to right-wingers to get that majority, that's what they're going to have to do. So th- this idea that, that what is going to emerge from a Jordan-led caucus is going to be significantly better than what emerged from a McCarthy-led caucus, again, if that's the case, I would love to see that materialize. I just don't know what exactly that looks like. Okay, meanwhile, must comment on the fact that a judge has now imposed a pathetic gag order on Donald Trump. This is ridiculous. Now, I think that Donald Trump has spent the last week kind of mouthing off to, to ineffectively, particularly in the middle of a world crisis where his opinion really does matter. Donald Trump is the most pro-Israel president in American history, bar none. His voice at this time could be really powerful. Instead, he has basically been distracted with other issues. Again, this is my problem with his candidacy. I think he will be distracted with other issues all the way up through the election. Doesn't mean he can't win. Does mean makes it more difficult for him to win. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis has been using the power of his governorship in Florida to actually get things done. He's been allowing flights to ship out to Israel with material aid. He has also been allowing Floridians to get home. He actually chartered a flight from Israel to get Floridians home. Here he was greeting them on the tarmac the other day. We were happy to be able to welcome the first plane load back to Florida. 270 people here. I think if you were watching, you saw a lot of families with young kids. So a lot of these people were in a real pinch. They had no help. They were not able to get out of Israel. And the state of Florida stepped up and, uh, and answered the call. Okay, so good for DeSantis. Meanwhile, Trump is obviously occupied with other things. This is part of the problem. So Trump is obviously far and away the poll leader at this point. During the third period, Trump's campaign raised some $25 million. He has a lot of cash available on hand, obviously right now, because he spent virtually no cash. He just got hit with a gag order in D.C. So the Democrats obviously doing their best to elevate Trump in the primaries by hitting him with the kitchen sink. So yesterday, a federal judge barred Trump from attacking witnesses, prosecutors and court staff involved in his Washington, D.C. criminal case. They imposed a gag order to be Judge Tanya Chutkin, who has taken every possible anti-Trump position. She says First Amendment protections yield to the administration of justice and the protection of witnesses. His presidential candidacy does not give him carte blanche to vilify public servants who are simply doing their job. And she is threatening to uh, to arrest him and put him in jail. If he were to use his social media megaphone to attack, say, the prosecutor in this case, Jack Smith, or if he were to go after the judge in this case. Chutkin acknowledged Trump's right to weigh in on public policy issues, but said that Trump could not launch a pretrial smear campaign against those who might testify against him. Which, again, this is this is real violation of First Amendment kind of stuff. Here's Trump yesterday commenting on it. But uh, she gave a gag order. You know what a gag order is? You can't speak badly about your opponent. But this is weaponry all being done because Joe Biden is losing the election and losing very, very badly to all of us in the polls. He's losing badly. But what they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. 
Okay, so he says he's willing to go to jail. We may find out if, if Chutkin decides to take this all the way. Uh, she is declining to restrict Trump's claim that the prosecution is part of a political vendetta. She says he can still rip on Jack Smith as part of a political vendetta, but he's not allowed to attack the court staff or any of the rest of this sort of stuff. So um, meanwhile, apparently the meeting, uh, the, the, the sort of hearing was bizarre. One of the attorneys for Trump is a guy named John Loro. Loro found himself alternating between forceful defenses of the former president's First Amendment rights and acknowledgments that he would tell Trump not to do some of this sort of stuff. Loro repeatedly described the prosecutions against Trump as a sign of a nation veering into totalitarianism and tyranny. Loro said George Orwell would have a field day with what we're hearing from these prosecutors. And the judge muttered, George Orwell will definitely have a field day. So, yeah, again, this is all going to benefit Trump in the end because anytime Trump appears to be restricted, Republicans rally to his cause. All of it is a, a very large-scale distraction in a very serious world. In a second, we'll be joined by an IDF reservist who actually took on Hamas terrorists in the middle of the October 7th terrorist attack with just a pistol. Tear our conversation. You have to be a member. Become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us.